0: It is an honor and a privilege to be back here with you. Uh, my name is Brian Myers. My wife Margaret is over there. Uh, we have have raised our raising is raising or have raised our children in this church, um, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, I've had the opportunity to speak a few times um, here in this chapel, and usually I do preach on the Old Testament. And I told myself, okay, Brian you have to make sure folks know you actually read the New Testament. So I said, I'm going to preach on the New Testament this time, and so let's turn to the book of Esther. Yes. <laughs> Is where we ended up for tonight. Um, so I didn't quite make it there. Um, so we've got two scriptures here uh, that I want to go through. We're going we're to spend a little time on Esther and... Ecclesiastes, just because it's fun to say and I can't spell it, Um, but uh, here are these words from Esther. We're going to read chapter 4, verses 12 through 17, and then go into Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. When they told Mordecai Esther's words, he had them respond to Esther, don't think for one minute that unlike all the other Jews, you'll come out of this alive simply because you're in the palace. In fact, if you don't speak up at this very important time, relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place. But you and your family will die. But who knows? Maybe it was for a moment like this that you came to be part of the royal family. Esther sent back this word to Mordecai, go, gather all the Jews who are in Susa and tell them... To give up eating to help me be brave. They aren't to eat or drink anything for three whole days, and I myself will do the same, along with all my female servants. Then, even though it's against the law, I will go to the king, and if I am to die, then die I will. So Mordecai left where he was and did exactly what Esther ordered him. And now let's read Ecclesiastes 3 1 through 8. There is a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing and a time for healing, a time for tearing down and a time for building up, a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing. A time for throwing stones and a time to gather stones. A time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces. A time for searching and a time for losing. A time for keeping and a time for throwing away. A time for tearing and a time for repairing. A time for keeping silent and a time for speaking. A time for loving and a time for hating and a time for war and a time for peace. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill this place and fill our hearts with your words. Amen. So, the book of Esther contains one of the most intriguing stories in the Bible. The plot is full of twists and turns, and the ending is a surprise resulting in a reversal of fortunes. The story begins simply enough with a king holding a banquet. King Xerxes of Persia had just spent six months parading his wealth before the entire kingdom. Yes, it took six months to get it all to pass by. And now he's throwing a feast for all the men in the capital city for seven days. His queen, Vashti, was giving a banquet for the women at the same time. After seven days of drinking, the king orders the queen to come and parade herself before his drunken guests. Jewish tradition says that he ordered her to come and appear before the men wearing only her crown. For whatever reason, she refused. But... That kind of behavior just was not tolerated by a king who was used to always having his way, so he disposed the, king, the queen, and some say that she was executed. At this point, a young Jewish girl enters the story. The king is looking for a new queen, and a beauty contest of sorts is held all over the kingdom, sort of an ancient game of who wants to marry a multimillionaire. <laughs> Esther is selected and her only surviving relative comes to the palace gate every day to find out how she is doing. Mordecai is her cousin or her uncle, I'm not sure which, you see both, who gives reverence only to God, but Haman, one of the king's chief officers, is used to having people bow down to him. He is enraged that Mordecai will not bow. As a means of getting revenge, Haman decides to kill not only Mordecai, but every one of his race as well, the Jews. The story becomes tense because Esther is also a Jew, and her uncle Mordecai calls on her to save the people. She is reluctant to approach the king because anyone who comes to the king without his prior invitation is killed on the spot, unless he holds out his golden scepter. No one crossed the king and got away with it, not even the queen. But she does approach the king, and he responds by holding out the golden scepter. She invites the king uh, to a special dinner where she will present her real request. Meanwhile, Haman is busy erecting a large pole on which he plans to impale Mordecai. But he is interrupted from his work by an invitation from Queen Esther to attend a banquet where he will be the honored guest. At dinner, Queen Esther reveals to the, king, to, to the king Haman's plan to annihilate her people. The king is furious, and Haman is impaled on the very pole that he had prepared for Mordecai. Haman had cast dice called Purr, to decide what day to kill the Jews. And it was on that very day that the Jews were saved from their enemies. The Jewish people continue to celebrate the Feast of Purim on this very day. Now, the book of Esther is peculiar in the Bible because when you read it, it never mentions God. It never mentions prayer, and there are no prophets. There are no references to worship or the temple. It's almost like it was deliberate. Now, we have to remember that the Jews were in exile at this time. They were separated from Jerusalem, the temple, and its sacraments of worship. It is a time of separation of all that is holy to them. And yet, everywhere in the book, there are signs of God at work and the display of His power. The providence of the Almighty is given credit for deliverance of the Jewish people, even though he is never mentioned. Even though there was no recorded prayer, there is much fasting, which implies prayer. It does not speak of Mordecai worshiping God, but his worship of the one true God is certainly evident in the fact that he will not bow down to anyone except God. And indeed, the whole point of the book is that the small and beleaguered people of God are set over against the most powerful dynasty of the time and God's people are victorious it is God against the most powerful king on earth and God wins God takes the plans of evil and brings those plans crashing down on the heads of those who devised that evil God takes the most hopeless situation and uses it To prove his power, the beauty of this book is that it never mentions God, but speaks more about him more clearly and powerfully than if his name were in every verse. Friends, today I invite us all to reflect on the profound wisdom found in the scriptures. The writer of Ecclesiastes reminds us that there is a season for everything under the sun. Moreover, the story of Esther reminds us of all the, of the importance of recognizing the significance of the present moment. We often find ourselves dwelling in the past or anxiously anticipating the future, but it is in the present where God's presence is most vivid. Today we're going to explore how we can embrace the seasons of life, live in the present, and become God's light in the world right where we are. Life is a journey filled with seasons, each with its own joys and challenges. Sometimes, however, we allow ourselves to become prisoners of our past. We dwell on past mistakes, regrets, or even past successes, which hinder our ability to fully embrace the present. While we can learn from the past, we must not let it define us. We must remember that through God's grace, We can find forgiveness, healing, and redemption. By releasing the chains of our past, we open ourselves up to experience the richness of the present. In a world that is constantly changing and uncertain, it's easy to become preoccupied by the future. We worry about what lies ahead, what challenges we may face, and whether our plans will come to fruition. You all know I work at UF, that place is full of young people who are only preoccupied with their future. I work with high school students and their parents who are only preoccupied with the future, which is good to have future plans, but sometimes the, the sole focus on these things yet to come can take away our ability to focus on the here and now. As followers of Christ, we we are reminded that the future is in God's hands. He holds our tomorrow, and in Him we can find hope and assurance. Instead of being consumed by worry, let us place our trust in God's divine providence, knowing that He will guide us through every season of life. While we can't change the past or predict the future, we must recognize the immense value of this present moment. Esther's story teaches us that there are specific moments in our lives when we are called to act, to make a difference. For such a moment as this, Esther was chosen to save her people from destruction in the same way God has placed you. God has placed you where you are for a purpose. We are called to be God's light in the world to spread love, kindness, and compassion right where we are. It is the present moment that God's presence is most tangible, supporting us and guiding us as we fulfill His purpose for our lives. A powerful example of living in the present moment can be found in the story of Esther. Esther initially hesitated, feeling the weight of her past and the uncertainties of the future She was torn between the fear of approaching the king without being summoned, which could result in her own death, and the knowledge that she had been placed in a position for such a time as this. In that crucial moment, Esther recognized the significance of the present and understood that she had a unique opportunity to make a difference. Esther's response was inspiring to me. She called for a time of fasting, seeking God's guidance and strength. Through the spiritual preparation, she gained the courage to take action, fully embracing the present moment. God's providential hand was evident as Esther found favor in the eyes of the king, and her people were saved from destruction. Esther's story teaches us the power of living in the present. In every season of life, we encounter moments that require our attention. And action. Like Esther, we must discern God's leading in our lives and respond faithfully to the calling He places before us. It may be grand things like standing for justice, offering forgiveness, extending a helping hand, but it can also be to raise a child, to care for a loved one, to just say a kind word and be a friend to someone who's lonely or sharing the gospel with someone who's in need. Friends, every moment is an opportunity to be the vessel of God's love and grace. The story of Esther not only reminds us of the importance of the present, but also points us to our ultimate source of strength and guidance. We serve a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who conquered sin and death, Through his sacrifice, we have been reconciled to God, and his resurrection assures us of his power and presence with us today. Scripture assures us that God never leaves us or forsakes us. He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. When we face challenges, we can turn to him in prayer, seeking his guidance and strength. And God promises to give us wisdom when we ask And to provide comfort and peace that surpasses all understanding. So even in the face of adversity, in difficulty, we can be assured of God's presence and love. He walks with us through the valleys and lifts us up in our times of weakness. He is our refuge and strength and present help in trouble. Furthermore, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, empowering us to live in the present and fulfill God's purposes. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, counselor, and guide. He strengthens us, grants us discernment, and equips us with spiritual gifts to serve each other. In every season of life, the Holy Spirit enables us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, extending His love, mercy, and grace to those around us. As we navigate the complexities of our own lives, let us us not overlook the significance of the present. Just as God was with Esther, Jesus Christ is with us today through the Holy Spirit. He is our constant companion, supporting us, guiding us, and empowering us to fulfill God's calling in our lives by embracing the present. We become active participants in God's redemptive work, serving as his ambassadors in a broken world. To fully embrace the present, we must cultivate a a, a mindset of mindfulness and gratitude. Mindfulness allows us to be present in each moment, to savor the blessings and lessons that come our way. It helps us to quiet the noise of the past and the future and to tune in to God's still, small voice speaking to us in the present. Gratitude opens our eyes to the goodness of God all around us, Even in the midst of challenging seasons, it reminds us to count our blessings and find joy in the simple things. By embracing the present, we can live with intentionality and purpose, fulfilling God's calling in our lives. Friends, the writer of Ecclesiastes reminds us that there is a season for everything And Esther's story emphasizes the importance of recognizing the significance of the present moment. Let us learn from Esther's example and be courageous in the face of challenges. May we, like Esther, seek God's guidance, trusting in the presence and the power of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we journey through life, let us rely on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live in the present and to make a difference in each person God brings into our life through each and every season. Remember, God's presence is not limited to the joyful moments of life. He walks with us through the challenges and the difficulties, providing comfort, strength, and guidance. Let us find solace in His promise and trust that He is working in and through us, even in the midst of hardships and even when we think we're not getting anything right at all. By embracing the present and relying on God's presence, we can overcome obstacles, we can grow in faith, and become a testimony of His unfailing love. May we embrace each season of life, knowing that God is with us, supporting us, and calling us to be His instruments of love and grace. Amen.